Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. join us tonight. It's going to be a fun one. First, I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. You can find him online. Uh, just all you have to do is look for Ken Quiethawk on Google or Native Storytellers, and you'll find an amazing man with an amazing gift. I have tonight back with me again one of my favorite people. Mary Joyce is joining us. She's the editor of Sky Ships Over Cashiers. And she returns tonight to further enhance our understanding of the unusual and profound happenings here on planet Earth. She's worked for two major metropolitan newspapers, the Orlando Sentinel in Florida as an artist and columnist, and the Oakland Press in Michigan as a Sunday magazine editor and then feature editor. On the side, she's written magazine articles and books and since 2008, she's been the main researcher and editor for the Skyships Over Cashiers website, which features a wide variety of cutting-edge topics, from UFOs to secret underground bases, from Bigfoot to Cherokee Little People. She's gone from investigating mob stories in Detroit, including Jim, Jimmy Hoffa's death, to interviewing people with the highest top-secret clearances about clandestine government activities. She even has had face-to-face -face interviews with a whistleblower and cosmic top-secret clearance who once worked within the top tier of the, of the infamous International Cabal. Because of her website and book, she's been a frequent guest on radio and TV shows in the USA, Canada, and United Kingdom, and Australia. You can find her at her website at www.skyshipsovercashiers.com. I strongly urge you to watch and take a look at this website after the show, of course. Um, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. She covers a plethora of topics as, as extensive as anything could be. She's, a, she's an amazing researcher. Her articles have wonderful graphics with them. It's, it's the kind of website you can get lost in. It also has archives that go back over a decade, which are fabulous when you're researching, and there is a search engine for it, too. So do check out her website. She has done an amazing job and continues to do an amazing job. Matter of fact, she's bringing us stuff tonight that hasn't made it to her website yet. So welcome to the show, Mary. Hi, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thank you very, very much. I'm very I'm excited sure about tonight. I'm sure your regular <laughs> listeners already know you've made a major move, and I hope you've recuperated. I have totally recuperated. I'm not totally unpacked, but um, best move I could have ever made. I'm delighted with it. Um, a little exhausted here and there, but every now and then, um, you know, something occurs that, that, you know, just says to me, ooh, this was the right move, and tonight I noticed that, you know, the, there's um, – a park connected to the condo unit that I'm in, and uh, there was a herd of deer out there grazing. So how nice! It's, 
couldn't be more blissful. Just couldn't be. Well, I'm sure it could be, but I, I'm just so delighted with the move that it's. Um, I'm giddy, tired, but giddy. Uh, that's a good report. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, I I I I want to I want to just kind of put another plug in for your website because there's so much out there on the internet. People can get lost in in all sorts of stuff, almost like garbage, but stuff. And your website is one of those shining stars that everybody should should you know favor, bookmark, whatever you want to call it, because your material is always so thoroughly researched and it's just so beautifully done. It's it's wonderful. Well, a couple of things. Uh, one that fits right in with what you just said. Uh, there is a new uh, Netflix uh, documentary called The Social Dilemma that was just posted. And it's something that I think anybody should watch who has uh, a connection with uh, social media, whether it's Google or Facebook or Twitter or, you know, there's just a host of them. Because we all like to think that we're independent thinkers, but um, a group of former computer designers for major social media companies like Google and Facebook um, uh, have come together to warn us and show us how we are being manipulated in devious and w- ways that we just can't even perceive. And the results are staggering. And there's not a one of us that isn't in some way or another uh, being affected by a very deliberate effort to, uh, you know, manipulate what we do, what we think, what we buy. And uh, it's uh, it's something we all need to be very, very much uh, aware of. Uh, so, again, it's called, the, it's called The Social Dilemma, and it's Netflix, and it just came out. And so it's a good thing to, uh, you know, be on top of something that's really quite cutting edge. Um, you know, it's almost spooky how we are manipulated. I'll give you an idea. If somebody, yeah. let's say, is a Trump uh, supporter and another person is a Biden supporter, well, this the algorithms that these companies use can quickly find out what you prefer. So if you look up a subject that's um, in any way related to how Biden would feel about stuff, that's all that you will see. If you are a Trump person and look up the same things once they've analyzed your data, totally different information will come up. So two people with two different perspectives will search the same thing and get answers that fit their mindset rather than what might actually be true. And that is scary. Yeah, I've I've noticed that with uh, things that I have searched. You know, if I was looking for, for instance, bookcases, suddenly everywhere I go there are ads for bookcases and companies that do bookcases, and uh, I mean it's just it's it's overwhelming. And um, when I was looking for condos, all I got was real estate stuff. Ads on anything I went to, there were always sidebars for you know, this real estate company or that real estate company. Right. So, now, that's a more obvious um, uh, evidence of what they're doing. It's uh-huh. the more subtle things that we wouldn't think about. Like, honestly and truly, until I saw this documentary, I did not realize that two people could look up the same subject and would be fed different links. I did not know that that was going on. Yeah, I I know that um I have a friend in Virginia and she's all, always into conspiracy stuff and we have often googled the same thing and come up with totally different information. And so, that's because they the algorithms have figured out where your mind is and ultimately um they're out to you know somebody's out there to make money. And uh, one of the quotes, which I cannot quote, I can only paraphrase, but uh, you know how they'll have a a phrase on a standalone uh, screen where they just have a few words. And it basically said, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Yes. So it's it's all a very 
um, it's a type of capitalism that's based on knowing how people operate and how they think. So anyhow, this, it's called the social a, dilemma, and um, that's not the major reason for our conversation tonight, but it fit right in with what you were saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that information is available to almost anybody, isn't it, if they pay enough? Um, I, yeah, probably, you know, um, they say they don't sell things, but I don't think that's true because how would all those ads come up, uh, you know, when you were doing searching for, you know, products? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let, yeah, let's get to tonight because you you have spoken about a little bit about what you were going to talk about, and it fascinates me, of course. And that breaks down into really three parts, and I got one more short one, and that okay. is. Um, the University of Chicago has done a study on 486 patients in, in the uh, university hospital who were tested positive for coronavirus. What they found was that almost the people who had coronavirus were almost twice as likely uh, to be low in vitamin D. So then on a very personal note, I've been taking 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Now, it sounds huge, but they're little tiny gel caps um, uh-huh. for over 20 years. And during that time, I have never had a cold or a flu. Now, I, I'm sure the vitamin D has an awful lot to do with that. So if I can see those kind of results uh, from taking vitamin D, I, there's nobody out there that's going to say it's, go, it's going to be a preventative for coronavirus but if you're almost twice as likely to have coronavirus when you're uh, deficient in vitamin D, that is food for thought. And since it's a little pill and anybody can swallow it, I think everybody ought to consider it. Yeah, I, you know, I went and checked out how much my vitamin D was, and it's 5,000 as well. Yeah. Uh, I take it as well. Um, and and uh, I have to admit, I, I have not been sick Um Aside from the fact that I have allergies, which of course I always have, but um, I have not been sick, knock on wood, for years. And that's also and, uh, one of the reasons why people generally don't uh, have, there aren't as many sick people in the summertime. Why? Because more people are outside getting vitamin D. So even if they're not taking uh, supplements or eating uh, salmon and the things that give you the vitamin D, they are getting uh-huh. it from the sunshine. So everybody wow. has an advantage in the summertime that they lose in the wintertime. And if you live in a place like Alaska in the wintertime, my goodness, you better be taking some vitamin D, you know, because they just hardly so. ever see the sun. So and, that's and, that's know, my health advice for everyone. I think that's a, that's great advice, absolutely. And I, I happen to be a participator in, in that, so I can add my two cents in and say you're absolutely right because on top of the other stuff I do that is that is healthy and stuff like that, I have I have taken a vitamin D supplement for years and um, had not connected it to the fact that I hadn't gotten sick, but I think it probably added to the fact that it built my immune system up for sure. Yeah, and it should help your bones too. So anyhow, that's our little health alert for everybody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And as far as the main topic that we were going to talk about there, um, it's actually an old story that most people don't know about. And the it isn't on the website yet. It will probably go up next week. But the title for it is ETs Abort Their Open Contact Plan. And this happened, uh, started back in uh, 1992. And even though it's an old story, I think it's going to be kind of an eye-opener for most people that hear about it. Um, there is a man, or a man whose name is Philip Kraft. It's K R A P F, and he was a uh, editor with the Los Angeles Times uh, for uh, 25 years. And he is what you might call an old, typical uh, newspaper editor. You know, one who's skeptical, who you know doubts everything, who's not going to be. Uh, uh, hoodwinked by anything. I mean, that's just his temperament, not just his job. 
and all of that was shattered when he was um, abducted um, one night in June in 1992. And he was kept on board this ship for three days, along with a whole bunch of other people. And most of these people were what he called a virtual who's who of the world. I mean, they were, you know, we would recognize many of them. And all of these people were chosen, each each one to play a role in helping uh, mankind um, be receptive to having face-to-face contact with this particular race of ETs. Uh, in other words, they they had a, the ETs had a plan, and they didn't think it was going to work if they just you know came in and said hello and you know decided to Take you know to be friendly to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't going to work. And the reason that this man, I'll just call him Philip, the reason that Philip was chosen was because of his position as an editor with the uh, Los Angeles Times. Uh, He had also won a Pulitzer Prize uh, with some of his staff, and he was a known skeptic. He was known for not believing in ETs. So he was chosen because he was like the most unlikely person to make up an ET contact story, and the public was more likely to believe him if he came forward with that kind of information. So that was the basic plan. Uh, The particular race of ETs, it was a peaceful race, and they called themselves the Verdants, uh, V-E-R-D-A-N-T-S. And that name may have just been chosen for earthlings to know about. I don't know. But it's based based on the word uh, verde, uh, which means like uh, green, because yeah. their home planet is like a garden that's very green with, uh, you know, foliage and trees and things uh, that are green. And so they call themselves the verdants. And um, uh, he described them further than that. He said that they were... Um, slender, a little over five feet tall. They had prominent eyes that shone out from slanted openings, and they had pointed ears like Mr. Spock from Star Trek, and their skin was grayish-green, and they wore flowing garments. Um, This uh, initial abduction, and there were other meetings with what they called the ambassadors, the humans that would be the ambassadors between the ETs and the, the rest of mankind, um and um uh, let's see what can i say here there were there were multiple meetings to prepare them so that each person would know their role and of course uh philip was chosen because he was a, a writer um the plan was set to go public in late 2001 but it came to a screeching halt uh, when the twin towers were brought down and after that, all the human ambassadors were instructed to abort their assignments. And one burden uh, said in exasperation, quote, your whole world is insane. And then another <laughs> one, after he said that, another one said, but we will stand by the 80-20% hypothesis. We still believe in the 80%. We will continue to monitor the planet. We have not given up. It will happen someday. That is inevitable unless you blow yourselves up first. And that <laughs> oh uh, so so a plan that was set to um, be revealed or uh, to the the public um, back in 2001 was aborted, and the burdens haven't you know shown themselves since then. So I don't know. When I look around, we don't see many. Le- we seem perhaps even more hateful and divisive than even during, uh, you know, the crisis in uh, 2001. So uh, the peacemakers of the world, we all better get real busy trying to turn things around. And if anybody yeah. is interested, if anybody's interested in learning more about that, um, he wrote uh, two books uh, about this whole experience. Uh, one is called The Contact Has Begun, and the second was uh, the challenge of contact. Wow. So that's that's the, the first half of his story, and I think that's food for thought. I think we really need to think about how violent we have become. And um, I think we probably have talked about the tall whites that Charles Hall uh, encountered out in Nevada uh, when yeah. he was with the military. And they 
um, we're on the slender side also, and but tall. Um, looked a little bit more human probably than the Verdants uh, do. Uh, but they were afraid of humans because we were so violent. Uh, they they had a, uh, I'll call it a wand or a stick, and they could zap people, you know, uh, but they would never be able to physically survive an, a, a physical encounter with most humans because, you know, we are so, uh, we're so much bigger and we are so much more violent. So this aspect of our humanness is one that's really holding us back from becoming a part of um, the grander universal uh, community. Well, you know, who was it, Benjamin Franklin, that said, you know, you've created a republic if you can hold on to it? He did say that, yes. And it feels like we're losing it. Um, right now, I think uh, a lot of people are distressed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and and not to get too deeply into politics, because you know I don't want to lose half the audience, but it, it does feel to me as though this is a time when it's important for everyone to do some research, to look into things, to be aware of not what not what quote unquote fake news, whoever they are, but to to go in and research. You know, the reality, if somebody says somebody did something, check out the record and see if that's true. And, you know, you know, as far as who people have voted for, what they have stood behind, what they have endorsed, those things are all public record. And, and rather than listening to somebody taunting somebody else, um, do check out what people actually actually stand for and make up your own mind at that point in time when it comes time to vote. and Yeah, we have you know, to course. be, the way things are right at this moment that we're in requires us to be very actively involved in what's going on if we want to make this world a better place. Yeah, and I have found a lot of those fact-checking fact, fact, fact uh, organizations are slanted politically as well. Yeah, you have to so, be careful of those too. There's no doubt about yeah. it, and that's why getting back to the original sources, um, you know, is is really good advice if people possibly can, uh, or at least get multiple sources that you know are credible sources that give you the similar information. But just well, because all of the ones that you might look up all say blah blah blah, exactly the same blah blah blah, well, it may be because the the great computer systems have figured out what your particular thing is is favored and so you really do have to even dig deeper than than we used to think we had to well it 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 bothers me greatly i mean newspapers used, there used to be a i guess it was an unwritten law or principle that before you printed something you had three different um, unconnected um, sources to back up your story or something like that. I, I know that that's something that, that reporters, you know, had, you know, had to have more than one source to, to a fact in order to be able to state it and print it. And that's not the case today anymore at all. Well, the other thing is, and, and uh, I, I was with newspapers in my ancient past and still have mm-hmm. a love for that, um, the newspapers have dwindled down because of the internet, because of you know twenty-four hour TV, and yet the the media, the TV, still is busy quoting the newspaper people who have gone out there and done the legwork. So I, you know, I really um, tip my hats, uh, all all of my hats. I tip my hat to. Um, uh, the people who are out there really doing the digging. Uh, uh-huh. There's not that many in uh, the television line that really do that. Well, most of the quote-unquote newscasters aren't reporters. They're um, people who are reading a script, basically. They they haven't done the research. They haven't, right. you know, the days of the days of you know reporters being oh I don't know. Um, 
I, I just remember World War II that the reporters were out there in the trenches and, and going back even further with, with Hemingway. I mean, he was in the trenches. And, and so what they were reporting was, was alive. And that's not the case now. You have very polished people, pretty people, sitting there telling you stuff, and they haven't done the legwork. Leg they haven't done the research. And I think that, that bothers me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yet, you know, when your time is limited and you have to – I remember when Patrick was alive, he was, he was, you know, he wouldn't listen to this news broadcast or that news broadcast or whatever. And I said, well, where do you go for the truth? Mm-hmm. And he said, that, that's where you have to do the legwork today because it's not being done for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So, who, are you quote, um, who are you quoting? Oh, my late husband, Patrick Cook. Okay, all right, all right. You just said Patrick, and I wasn't sure I knew what the last name or anything was that went I with the Patrick. I just assumed everybody knows him. <laughs> no, 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 I've heard um, you refer to your husband, but never by name. Yeah, no, he... he um, it was it was awful. He would see something on on television, and, and the TV would go off, and he would start researching it, and and you know he would hours later come back and say, "Well, that was a lie." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so it it does. I I think everybody our responsibility for keeping this nation what what it was founded as and for. Um, together, it, it's everybody has responsibility today, and and it's it's not just sitting back and letting other people do the work for you. It's doing the homework yourself. I so just, whatever your, you know, you know what whatever people's belief system is, then make sure that you have it's grounded in truth. So um, I've been reading a history book, and it's it, you know. You find interesting information, but you always have to go through the dry stuff that uh, the academics seem to want to do, you know, where they have to cover everything from every angle and write in terrible sentences. But anyhow, Mm -hmm. I've been uh, forcing myself to read it because I want to know these things. Our country was established uh, with the idea of separation of church and state. Yeah. And when when I have gone back now and have been reading about the actual faith and religion of our early founding fathers, they absolutely were adamant about that. And many of them um, were not what you would call traditional Christians. They were. No, they were theists. They believed. They right. And put it simple, they were monotheistic. They believed in a creator providence, a God, and great intelligence. <clears throat> they had many different words for it, uh, but and many of them used the word God. But they did not divide things up into the Trinity, and they definitely believed that everybody should have the freedom of religion, and religion should not be um, a state-sponsored um, uh, religion. And now we're, we're having more and more pressure to become um, a country that is strongly aligned with just the Christian faith, uh-huh. and I I am I've been raised Christian. I am not against Christianity, but the separation is important because when I see people who <clears throat> are extreme in their religions, whatever that faith may be, extremists among the Muslims, among the Christians, among uh, you know any kind of faith where they go to extremes that's where we have our trouble and yeah uh, you know we 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 just need to find every possible way that we can find to unite rather than to divide and separating church and state is one way to release some of the pressure that is going on in the country now oh absolutely and you know when when i want to go back to the the um the alien aspect of it too, because I've I have found or felt of late that that for some reason the Earth is almost quarantined. Mm. I've definitely and, heard that term. In fact, we've and, had and, a posting on our website uh, where one of the deep throat um, people has said that. I it's 
it's you know when i when i do my i do my best work at night um for some reason it's you know everybody has a time when when their senses are more attuned to the cosmic stuff and my time is nighttime and and as late as it gets i mean you know one two three four in the morning um you know that's when that's when i get my best insight inspiration intuition whatever you want to call it and and there there have been decades in the past where where there was um you you could feel there was communication coming through whether it was spirit whether it was you know i i don't know where it came from i'm not going to say i had a spirit guide or anything like that cuz i don't know where it came from but i do know that my sources for for information and insight and all of that were so much vaster than they are now and it 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 feels to me as though when when I go to source it's it's like you know you, you humanity has lessons they have to learn and they're not ready for the wisdoms that that other species cultures races whatever you want to call them you know they're not ready for that kind of wisdom because they're and and you know one of the things that a lot of people who have been abducted come back with is they're talking love they're speaking love that that love is so important and and it is and it's a basis for for uh, we are humanity we are the family of man and it's a family and you know i i don't i have relatives that i don't like as well as others but they are related to me and i would stand by them if i if they were in trouble and humanity is a family that is not behaving like a family at this moment in time that's correct and by the way uh thanks to a computer where i can kind of sometimes find things from the past we had an article called earth is caged until further notice and it was information yeah. we got from a whistleblower uh, with Cosmic Top Secret security clearance. And um, he, he said, our Earth has been caged. Um, our galaxy, actually all the galaxies, I'm quoting him now, yeah. has a governing council which tries to base its decisions on what's best for everyone, whatever that may be. Now, when mankind developed nuclear weapons, the council became concerned. Today, the Earth is caged until a strong majority of humans determine whether they will align with the good or the bad, the light or the dark. The decision is ours. The council is not here to blah, 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 blah. It goes on. So if anybody wants to read that, let's see where to find it. It's in the Deep Throat Testimonies, and it's in the files that are... The archives, uh, 20, uh, 2013, 2018. Um, we well, don't get as many deep uh, throat testimonies. Those are usually people who, you know, have these kind of um, really high security clearance. So between 2013 and 2018, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So we were averaging what uh, two a year. So um, well, what I've been getting recently is that. You know, while we are fighting an epidemic of a virus, the rest of the universe looks upon humanity as a virus at this point in time. I, not I one agree. that has to be, not one that has to be eradicated, but one that has to be pacif- neutralized, not pacified, neutralized. Yeah. So, so that, so that, uh, so that the wisdom that is out there available to us can be utilized for good, for positive. At this point in time, every new invention is, is turned into a weapon. And right. that's, I mean, look at poor Tesla. I feel so bad about him. Here, all he wanted to do was give everybody free energy, and they killed him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and now today, a lot of the newest technology that is being utilized and incorporated into stuff is is utilization of tesla energy i mean he gave a great gift to humanity which you know put it in a closet and tried to hide it away because you couldn't charge for it and that's so, exactly what happened yeah so uh, so the we are the more i sit and and i watch and and i try to figure out okay so what is the message that I put out there 
so that so that maybe people can listen and hear. And you're one of those messages. Your, you know, your website is one of those messages. Um, you know, I don't stand on this. Well, I do stand on soapboxes. Like I, I would, I'm lying if I say I don't. But I try not to carry it with me all all the time. But late at night when I'm listening, I keep hearing that that you know what we're going through right now is in many ways a birthing process the the planet is going through a birthing process and it's very painful and at this point in time it's not real clear what we're birthing if we're birthing you know love and 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 harmony and and wonderful you know compassion for our fellow man that's great and if we're birthing if we're birthing something that is on the negative side, then then we will eventually destroy ourselves. But we won't infect the rest of the universe. No, they won't allow that. That's you know that's quite clear. They're going to keep us at arm's length until we become, I don't know, more grown up and kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it isn't that you have to sit around and chant Om or do kumbaya stuff all the time. It's a matter of compassion and how you live your life and treat your fellow man. Come on, it's easy, folks. It's it it's, it takes it takes thought. It takes it takes understanding that we're all in this together. And when you look at the rioting and the burning and the looting and all of that, it's so sad because I don't understand how how we got to this point in time, except, of course, that there is a cabal that is financing all of this and, and you know, pushing us towards a lot of stuff. But but the reality is we have total control. If we just take it and change ourselves, um, it, it's really, it's amazing. You know, if you change yourself, you don't change other people, but if they want to be able to talk to you and relate to you, they have to change the way they treat you. So... It works. You change yourself, and people have to change in order to be in your frame of reference, and it works. It works. You're right. Another thing that spun off with this, um, I'll just keep calling him Phil, and because okay. mainly when I see the way his last name is spelled, I go, all right, what are you supposed to do with a P and an F that are slammed together? Because his, <laughs> his last name is K-R-A-P-F, so... I don't know. It doesn't have a good sound when I try to say it, so I just we'll call, call him Phil. Phil. <laughs> just call him Phil. But um, uh, when I was reading one of his, his, I think his latest book, um, he talks about in, in one chapter about uh, the verdants um, uh, actually believing in God. And I always find this interesting because when we hear about... Uh, the greys and the reptilians, and uh, which is what we hear the most about, we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything about God or Creator or something greater than they are, and uh, they seem kind of soulless in so many ways. But uh, uh, this particular uh, verdant race uh, is very peaceful, and uh, again, this will be an article that will be um, posted um, hopefully next week. And um, I have bulleted items where I actually quote what he has said, what he's learned from, I'll just call them the ETs. And uh-huh. uh, one of the statements was, uh, God does not enter into unholy alliances. Um, another one was, the bond between God and his various peoples is a private matter, a sacred bond that c- cannot be known from the outside. Um each species has its own worldwide belief system, set of values and codes of conduct, as well as its own unique conventions of practicing that religion, its particular covenant with God. The Verdants themselves also have their own religion. And then they talk about their supreme theologian. Um, and go, they go into that. And... Uh, the the lead uh, theologian is um, on the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, and they say uh, that he has actual two-way conversations with the Creator. And uh, uh-huh. 
uh, two more. Let's see, I'll make a couple more points. Uh, the soul is the link between intelligent beings and God and takes the form of spirit. And uh, the soul itself is universal, which uh-huh. would probably fit into uh, beliefs in reincarnation. God is the ultimate parent. And there is no right or wrong way to praise God. It's not the style of worship, but the manner in which individuals conduct the, conduct their lives that determines their piety. So yeah. both both of those articles will be coming up uh, in about a week on skyshipsovercashers.com. Well, I yeah, I think it's important for people to... I, I, it's hard for people to conceptualize that if you were on a different, in a different galaxy on a different planet, they wouldn't know who Jesus was, who any of our, you know... It, May, religions have been developed on this planet um, and, and at this point have become corporate entities. They, you know, they're no longer really, most of them, focused on on the purpose behind the belief. And And so, you know, it's not that I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual and I talk to God all the time. And and you know i do believe in a higher power and i believe that is universal but religions are not no and that's what that's what the uh, et's are saying too so you would probably well, get along with them just fine i i i think i i would i i do believe that that there are probably times where um i'm not going to say i've been abducted because i have the faintest idea if i have or not but my philosophies tend to be more of a universal nature for sure and and i think and they work for me and whatever works for every individual is important for them to hold on to if it works if if it makes their life richer and happier and more full then then that's where they belong um everybody evolves in a different way in a different place in a different manner and you have to honor all of them even if some of them are really crazy, so you know that's a judgment on my part. <laughs> no, it, it just—I cannot even remember the the, the show, but I, it may have only lasted a season. But many years ago, there was a television show, and it was like uh, Earth, Prison Planet, and ah. basically bad guys from other parts of the universe were sent here, and it was like the prison. Um, the concept, <laughs> the concept seems to ring a bell right now, but um, apparently the show didn't last very long. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. Movies and television have often given everybody a premonition of what is yet to come, and I think it's fascinating that you know all of the sitcoms, almost all of them, anyhow, haven't been able to film, so there's no TV out there. And unless, of course, you you know look, look at archives and stuff like that, which I have done. I do marathons. Um, but but it's 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 fascinating in that a lot of things that that we filled our time with that were in many ways mind bending because of what they put out there are no longer available to us. So so we have to think for ourselves. We have to be creative for ourselves. We have to. I mean, I I I am I horrified that people have died of this virus. I mean that's it's awful. Nobody should have died but but the isolation it imposed upon us gave us the opportunity to do a great deal of internal searching and working and 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 stuff like that so i have looked upon this whole thing as as a wonderful gift that that you know i'm able to spend this time doing this kind of research and doing writing and doing all that kind of stuff because I don't have the other extraneous things, you know, taking my time away from you know, from a pathway that I that, that I treasure. So that's a good aspect of all this. Yeah, there are good aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Lots of people, lots of people who lost their jobs, to be honest, didn't even like their jobs anyhow, and and were afraid to move on to something else. Now have the opportunity to find a greater a greater direction to take that is more in line with their own spiritual development. And I'm not saying religious stuff. I'm just saying, you know, perhaps more creative, perhaps more 
um, you know, in another direction that they would have liked to have followed had they not been locked into something else. It set a lot of people free to find a better place to be. Um, I agree with that. Uh, sadly, there have been so many people that have lost their jobs that finding yeah. another job is not so easy. So that might work for many people, but it's not going to work for everybody because no, the, the numbers true. are just too are just too big. Uh, but you know, um, that's certainly going to be true for many people, or should be true for many people. Well, well, yeah, and <clears throat> I mean, there are jobs out there, but of course, with with all the restrictions and everything, it it is a hard time for everybody. I I don't deny that, but but if you can, I've often said, and I'm I don't think this is my own comment. I think I've stolen it from somewhere, but I can't give you the real source. Um, my my other bumper sticker was, you know, when in doubt, don't. I thought I invented that until I found out that Benjamin Franklin said it. But, oh, did he really? <laughs> yeah, I I may be a reincarnation of him, so I might be able to take credit anyhow. But 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 it, it's it's sort of like I forgot where I was going. But 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 it it's it's sort of like you know we oh I know what it was. I have often said we create our reality by our perspective of it. That I choose wise. to, you know, I it does sound very wise. So I probably didn't invent it. <laughs> <laughs> Humankind has been around for a long time, so I wonder if any of us ever really hatch a brand new idea. But uh, at least we can uh, try to shape it into our, you know, to make it work during our lifetimes. And uh, yeah. You know that's perhaps the best we can do, and that's often good enough. Well, I, I think the other one that I I'm pretty sure I did invent was logic and reason does not apply, and I think we're we're <laughs> we are in it. One. No, I, but I think that's one. really mine. Yeah, um, it might really be. <laughs> <laughs> at least from this lifetime. Um, but but it does it it you know when logic and reason does not apply it, it it's. It, it, it's sort of like okay, be creative, and and in the create in the process of being creative, you 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 create another link to the infinite, which is the source of all creation. So, things things that don't look like they're a religious experience or or a spiritual one can easily become that. So, um, you know, you 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 open yourself up to inspiration and and wisdom. If you put yourself in that mindset, and I have, I have found this a wonderful time frame. Uh, have I written a lot? No, but I've talked a lot, and, <laughs> and and in talking, you weave yourself through, you know, understanding a process. It's it's a very circuitous map we happen to be on at this particular journey in our lives, but but it's not a circle; it's a spiral, and right. no matter how. Strange it seems we are going forward. Um, I have to tell you this. I've asked people over the years how they envision a calendar for the year. And <laughs> mine has always been spiral. It has always been like the 12 months, like little boxes in a board game that go around at an angle spiraling up. And then when you get to January... You know, it just continues on with, and it spirals around again. And I cannot remember not having that concept. And so, you know, that probably comes from ancient wisdom somewhere a long time ago. But uh, Yeah, those, you know, in, in so many places in, in the ancient stone edifices, they had that spiral. And, and there, there's not ever, there's never been... A real explanation of it, but there is that that those spirals, and I'm thinking way back into um, Ireland or wherever, um, the, the, where there's that big passage tomb. The spirals are there, and they're and they're all over the place. They're in cave dwellings. They're everywhere, and sometimes now those I look are at always them and, those are always two dimensional. What I envision is almost like an ice cream cone, and it spirals uh-huh. up. So it, well, that that can only be expressed three dimensionally. Exactly, and in some ways, it to me is saying, 
you know, this is your journey. It may feel like you're going backwards, but you're really going forwards. And the other one is the secret to the wisdom you're seeking is to spiral within yourself to attach to creation as opposed so so the journey is above and be, as above so below um and and you know those spirals are important and and you know it i don't think they were graffiti <laughs> i think they were trying right. to leave a message for us and we haven't quite been able to decipher it yet but i i think it's on a very personal level it's you know and and often i say to people you know your answers are all within yourself and i get i get so many you know yeah, rights, and, you know, you're not going to tell me how to get there. I have to find it for myself. I came to you for an answer, and and the answer is you have to go within it. It's your journey. It's your life. It's your spirit. You have the map. You have to find it inside of yourself. It. No one can tell you where it is. No one can give you the key. If, if you're not going to search for it inside of yourself, then you'll come back next lifetime, and you'll have the same journey again. It's okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I think the the most fun people I have is is when people say to me, "Well, I'm I'm totally evolved. I've had all the classes. You know, I'm not going to have to come back to this the Earth plane ever again." Oh yeah, well that's cocky as can be. And and I often long ago I would argue with them, and 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 at this point in time when someone tells me how evolved they are, I just look at them and say, "Well." I can guarantee you your personality will not come back. Your spirit may have different plans. Mhm. So, but Yeah, if people have wanna, to tell you, if people have to tell you or you have to tell people that you're smart or you tell people <laughs> that you're evolved, any anything like that, you're not. No, right. I, and and when somebody asks me, you know, how evolved am I, 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 I always say, I always assume that the dandelion out in the field is more evolved than I am, and that way I will never get on a pedestal that I'll fall off of. Because <laughs> to my mind, the only thing pedestals were meant for was for somebody to fall off of and break a leg or something. Pedestals are not a good idea. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> but I I want to I want to send people back to your website because um I love your website. I love the archives. I I love the fact that you can search a topic and you can you can go literally back in time for decades. Um you started this of course when you were 12. So, you know, you're Right. Old. I was 12. Yeah, I was 12 in 2008. Yep, that was it. <laughs> but but the material you have there is just so profound and so fascinating and it's i mean i love well among among i've read all your books but i have to say the one that i loved the most was your bigfoot book i cried i liked uh-huh. i loved it so much i cried um the you know it's just nice to see the the human side well, I, I that's even an insult but the yeah, compassion probably the compassionate side, you know, the of of the Bigfoot and the, the little stories bring them to life in a very real way. And as as you well know, I was just sick and tired of people only talking about them as monsters to be hunted. And uh, with the research and with the people and connections I've made, um, I just know that's not that's not all there is. And um, um, I, I just I just felt really motivated to uh, put it together so that people could see this multi-dimensional creature that has language and has preferences and has you know uh, has made friends with some human beings and I think they're very particular with who they choose to be friends with but oh, nevertheless yeah. it happens and uh, they've rescued people and things that uh, the Bigfoot hunters would never ever imagine well and and you know that's that's such a horrible term bigfoot hunters i mean how arrogant and stupid are they to think that they're going to be able to catch or kill these creatures that have avoided contact for so long just Mm -hmm. not going to happen i love some of the stories where uh, this is not in the book but some of the stories where Hunters have had one in the, their gun sight, uh, 
and it, of course, uh, uh, works like a magnifying lens. And uh-huh. they see the face up close through the telescope, and it looks too human. And they many of them have not been able to pull the trigger because of that. And uh, as you well know, the genetics from the maternal side of the Bigfoot is female. I mean, is human. Uh, yeah. The what makes it unique is from the paternal side, and there is no genetic reference for for that particular part of the Bigfoot. I just love that side. I just I, I think that if people understood that, they'd leave them alone. They don't want to be part of humanity. Uh, and I'm not sure I do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have that same feeling. <laughs> but but you know we're here for a reason, and and yours clearly is to put information out there because you do it so beautifully. And, and you are and very very kind with your compliments. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, and I don't give them out easily. Trust me. Um, it's you know I'll 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 tell somebody I like their book book but I and and I read a lot but um, I can't remember the last time I, I I cried because the book was so amazing and moving and touching and and your book on Bigfoot certainly did that to me and you know it, it any it's not a long book you can read it in a in a long afternoon if you want to and it's a great book to read to children. It's, yeah, it's I think just, that um, uh, I think it's a good one for kids because they're, um, you know, like just about everything I do. There's there's photos and pictures and and uh, it's written very in a very condensed fashion for the most part, and so it's something that young people can certainly enjoy. I think. Well, I'd rather see children learning about that than than some of the material they're putting out there in the school these days. I have. Though I taught school for 25 years, um, special ed, I it the 25 years of teaching made me an amazing, strong advocate for home home teaching, mm-hmm. because schools, in my opinion, no longer are giving our children um, good information. We're shoving falsehoods down their throats. We're teaching them in schools concepts that that most people don't want the children to learn and a lot of the a lot of the thing that's come out of this pandemic is that p- parents are looking at the books that the children are being taught out of and outraged so this is again another good thing that's come out of this homeschool teaching is an, i think should i think we should go back to it it and, depends and on the parents it depends on the that's parents true. That's true. There's some parents, if that's all you had as your education, you'd be in deep doo-doo. So, it, you know, it, it, there's no, that would not be the best answer for everybody. But parents who will take the time and and do the teaching um, and have mm-hmm. the intellectual curiosity, they probably do do a better job um, than many of the school systems. But, no, that well, would not work for everybody. Well, that's true, and yet, um, you know, I did I, I did high school and college and two master's degrees, and all that I have learned, all that I am today, I taught myself. I can't I can't go back and point to anything in my education that, that said, here this this taught me something that I've utilized in my life at all. Mm-hmm. So 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 you're right if parents don't teach well, then, you know, autodidactic your career. Teach yourself. My mm-hmm. my late husband, Patrick Cook, was a was a biblical theologian, but he was taught autodidactically. He he never he never made it out of ninth grade. Mm. And yet he wrote three books, he had huge websites, he was an acknowledged um expert in in theology and UFOs. Mm. Taught himself taught himself so so that even if parents don't do their job if the person wants to learn strongly oh, yeah and there's sto- there's stories throughout history where you know kids have arisen from really a, a hut hut in the mud and they somehow managed to you know make g- a great success 
Absolutely. Um, I just noticed we've talked ourselves through the hour. Um, yep, I see that it's up. Okay. It well. is up. Um, so I will look for you next month. And, All righty. Thank you so much for bringing so much wonderful information to the show to put out there. I so All appreciate right. it. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. This is going to be up on YouTube, everybody. So do check it out on YouTube. Check out Mary's website, uh, www.skyshipsovercashiers. And um, when you go to YouTube, if you haven't signed up for us, if you haven't subscribed, please do. It's It's one of the few ways we know that you're actually out there and listening to us, and we would appreciate your subscription. It doesn't cost anything, and it lets us know that we're not talking into the ether. There are actually people out there listening. Good night, everybody.